Before we do that, uh, Lincoln, are you here? I think I'm going to do this in this order. Natali, would you like to come up? Natali has something to share, and then I'm going to have um, Carol come up after her. Um, I just have a praise report. Um, my 24-year-old cousin, uh, beginning of December, was uh, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, he actually had an abscess in his lung um, that ended up needing to be surgically taken out because he wasn't healing. Um, he's also got another issue. He's a fentanyl addict. And that's how this uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma got missed was he was always itchy, 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 itchy. And they kept saying, well, it's the opiates. It's the opiates. And then through a series of events, he ended up in the hospital in November and got this diagnosis of the Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then with this abscess, of course, he couldn't start treatment until that all got cleared. He underwent the surgery, and then he started his uh, chemo treatments, um, I think around the end of January. And he has to have them every two weeks for six months. So this morning, like my family, um, we have a group text going because also my stepdad has been ill as well too. So these text messages have been going back and forth. So this morning I received a text from my aunt. So I just wanted to share it because I have did send a prayer. I have sent a couple prayer requests in on behalf of my cousin. Matthew update: results from his PET CT. All cancer spots are gone. He is responding well to the treatment. Oncologist was very pleased with the results. He still, he still has to finish his chemo, um, but of course, he's got his other issue that needs resolving as well, too. Anyhow, just want to share. Thanks for sharing. Do you want to, you want to praise again right now? No? Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, sister. That's encouraging. His name is Jehovah Rapha. It's a continuing action. I am the God that heals you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm really encouraged. I was reading and uh, looking at uh, Facebook or wherever it was, and I might have, I only had a, a quick time to glance at something, but there was, a, I think, a story that Jim put in there where a fellow had a, a plate in his wrist, and the Lord healed him, and the plate was gone, and the four screws, or however many screws, was, was gone. And uh, I knew a brother who had that. He's gone on to be with the Lord. So it really resonated with me, you know. And I looked at that. I thought, wow, you know, he, he heals us and he restores. He dissolves metal in your body. We're talking about a God who created everything, all the stars and the planets, everything. This is no big thing for him to do. Just an encouragement for the body of Christ that he's alive. He's healing today. And he's healing for his body to bless you, to make you whole, to encourage you. Come and encourage us, Carol. Um, about a month ago, I announced that um, if anyone was interested in coming to a, a house group to kind of continue on from where Jim had left off with healing deliverance, and it's been a bit of a wild ride for the last month for me, because God has, is up to something. <laughs> We've been given a hotel room, 
and there's just been a huge interest. So um, we are starting up every two um, weeks on Thursday evenings, um, a healing and deliverance rooms. It's a place to invite people. It's especially a great place for people who might not be um, so comfortable in a church setting. For any need they have, emotional, spiritual, healing, um, mental torment, anything, uh, just a dedicated time of prayer. And it's at the Hotello. Now, the Hotello is not open currently, but the, um, the managers have allowed us, are allowing us to use it um, very generously. So it's going to be in the lobby of there. And um, guests are welcome to come for prayer at 7.30 and on. And it's going to be starting this Thursday and then every second Thursday after that. So, and this week, Jim and Angie are coming up to support us too, so that's kind of exciting. Um, well, we're kind of hoping to be done around 9-ish, so um, probably the latest we want people to come would be 8.30, I would think. So, And it just whoever, if you have a friend, you want to come with them, or just to send people that way. So, Hallelujah. So if you know anybody who's got plates in their hands, or sickness or disease, or whatever the need may be, we sang about it today. We've heard testimony that Natalie brought us today about it. And we're looking at the, uh, the opening of that um, establishment there with uh, Jim coming on this Thursday and uh, every second week from there. And you know what we'll do is we'll just, we'll just put something in the bulletin to remind people here, and you might have them do that or at some other churches or whatever. Hallelujah. God's doing a good work. Amen. And you remember a couple of three weeks back, I talked about, you know, God sometimes moves in waves or seasons in the sense of that he's doing a particular thing. Sometimes you notice that there's a, you know, maybe deliverance really being uh, focused on or healing being focused on or whatever. And I think that Lord is really doing this in this area of healing. And we need to grab a hold of it. And, uh, I mean, he's always healing, but I think he's just doing a special thing. So... Chelsea wants to share some things that God has put on her heart. And I said, well, why don't you come up and, uh, and, and uh, share that with us. And, and you got 48 minutes. You, you take as short or as long as you want. The Lord is orchestrating this. This has kind of been a message that's been um, on my heart for a long time. Um, well, I know Ed already. Cutting up, didn't hit anything. It's green. All right. Green means go. Anyhow, I uh, came across this last night. It's uh, 13 truths that children learn. Number one, no matter how hard you try, you can't baptize a cat. 
Number two, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. If your sister hits you, don't hit her back. They always catch the second person. Never ask your three-year-old brother to hold a tomato. Five, you can't trust dogs to watch your food. <laughs> Number six, reading what people write on desks can teach you a lot. Don't sneeze when someone is cutting your hair. And puppies still have bad breath even after eating a Tic Tac. Never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. School lunches stick to the wall. You can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. Don't wear polka dot underwear under white shorts. And the best place to be when you're sad is in grandma's lap. Wisdom from children. So God has placed a passion in my heart for children and families. And when I look back, really, this passion started when I was still a child. Um, I used to love playing with them, organizing games uh, and plays, and uh, had a lot of fun. As a teenager, me and my siblings would have uh, glory parties. <laughs> now, in case you don't know what a glory party is, you just get together and you just bask in the glory of God. We, were, we would baptize each other in the Holy Spirit. We would uh, prophesy over each other. And it was a safe place for us to use our giftings. And I highly recommend a glory party for anybody. Um, and something that uh, really caught my eye when I was young, uh, I went to a children's ministry conference uh, called Upswing. And uh, they had uh, a ministry or uh, some workshops for kids that are in ministry. And uh, one of the speakers got up and she said, one day she was just impressed to t get the children to stop and listen to God, to hear what they had to say or what God was going to say to them. And, and she was kind of thinking, oh, this will be cute, you know, God's going to tell me, you know, that he loves me or, you know, just cute things, right? And one, so at the end of a, of a period of time, she called, asked, now, does anybody want to share what uh, God has to, had to say to you? Well, one little girl marched straight up to the front, and she grabbed the microphone, and she said, Holy Spirit in me is as big as an adult. And this woman was just like, floored. And that was the beginning of an incredible minist uh, children's ministry in their church that I believe is probably still going to this day, um, where children are being mentored and equipped in the spirit giftings and realizing that though they are small and immature in body and maybe mind, Holy Spirit in them is mature and big just as much as he is in all of us in the most mature Christian so I want to read Luke 18, 15 to 17. Now this, I'm reading of a, from a New Living Translation, and I know there's a different one up there, but bear with us. One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, 
Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, like a child, will never enter it. Jesus right there demonstrated his love for children and the, the importance of them. Right in his ministry, there is something uh, special in children. They seem to have this easy relationship with the Father. They walk readily in faith, uh, being, they're unhindered from the baggages and doubt that we seem to pick up as we walk along life. And to them, it's simple. It's like this motto, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And uh, we can learn a lot from children in the faith. Just to believe it, don't make it complicated. not. So, in the Bible, you know, when it says that you can lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed, you can raise the dead, you can cast out demons, they just believe it. That's it. Well, there's a special move of God in the children of the world right now, and there's all over the world these stories are popping up that I'm starting to find. Uh, In Joel 2.28, it says... Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike. But it says on all people. Not just limited to race or age, but all people. Children and people all over the world. So he's poured out his spirit on all children, and children can and do prophesy and move in the spirit. He's calling children into their, well, not call, he's revealing to them their identity and their authority, even these young ones. Benjamin, I know he shared this last week. Do you want to come and, and tell your police dream? So where were you, in, what happened first in your dream? Well... Jesus, this army, how I be pleased. Yeah, and then what did he give you? A police badge. And then what did you do? I fight bad guys. All right. Good job. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is... Go sit down. A police badge is a symbol of authority, Right? And in his dream, he actually said he was playing with Papa God first with police toys. And Jesus took him and taught him how to fight and gave him his, a, a police badge. What that was, was God giving him authority, showing him his authority. And he's six. His authority is no different from ours. He's, he's still a son of God, and he has authority. And God, him, Jesus himself taught him that. And then taught him how to fight, and taught him how to work through it, because in the last part of the dream, he was fighting bad guys. I don't know if you caught it last week, but he actually took down a whole room of bad guys, and he tripped it, tied up a giant, and made him fall. And that's warfare, guys. Um, So children are not the church or the leaders of tomorrow. 
they are the church of today. Children and young people are the church of today, and they're even leaders in the church today. And I want to read some, um, some prophecies that have been spoken over children over the last, uh, actually, probably just about 100 years. So the first one I have is by Lana Walser from Brisbane, Australia. She says, I also felt the Lord saying that there will be encounters with Jesus in children and schools as the people of God pray. The Lord is going to visit the children. They will have dreams and visions of Jesus. They will see his word made manifest. Blueprints and revelations from heaven will be given to the children. And they will begin to speak out all they see, and there will be a great breakthrough released into the United States in the area of creativity and economy. And I want to say not just the U.S., but this is happening all over the world and in Canada, too. Uh, An area of creativity and economy that will come through the mouths of babes. I also saw that in these encounters children will be having with the Lord, there will be healings on the increase and testimonies of Jesus arising. Jesus meeting children in their dreams, in their homes, and and bringing healing to bodies and hearts. Children meeting Jesus in their dreams and seeing the gospel truth and telling their friends and family of the Jesus they meet and salvations exploding. There's a few from uh, Cindy Jacobs. This was, uh, these two prophecies were spoken at uh, the turn of the millennium. Uh, a great youth revival is coming in America. Schools will be shaken for the glory of God. Many young people will be drawn into the church as they were during the Jesus movement. God warned us that we must be ready to receive them or we might miss the move, this move of God. This means that Among other things, we must prepare our hearts. Uh, We must prepare our people not to criticize them if their hair is technicolor and they have body piercing or tattoos. God himself will change their hearts, but we must not let false legalism drive them away. There is also a new Samuel generation of young children who will prophesy and restore the word of the Lord to their generation. I am calling radical revolutionaries to the church. There is a sound going forth from heaven, says the Lord. I am calling from the north and the south and the east and the west. They're going to move. They're going to change universities uh, to come to these command posts. They're going to change jobs. I'm going to be bring the 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds, and they're going to mentor the generation under them, and then the high schoolers are going to mentor the generations under them. And I would say these youth are going to put the adults to shame because they're going to be full of holy passion, a fiery passion for the Lord. So the Lord says, get ready, for I have said many things over the church, and I have made many promises. With some of you, hope deferred has made the heart grow sick, but I have found a way for the church and for this youth, says the Lord. And the Lord says there is going to be a day when there are as many youth as adults in these command post churches, for I am going to move. I would not pass you by. And the Lord says, I'm going to put the gift of evangelism in the youth of these churches. I'm going to cause them to bring souls and souls and souls. 
They're going to invade the high school campuses. They're going to invade the universities in their cities. Uh, Rick Joyner says, one of the most extraordinary characteristics of the harvest will be the youthfulness of the laborers. Teenagers will be the backbone of the revival, and preteens will be some of its greatest evangelists. Young children will cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and divert raging floods with a word. Some will actually take dominion over entire hospitals and mental institutions, healing every patient in them by laying their hands on the building. During the harvest, the world will understand that the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. Uh, this is uh, John G. Lake was a man in the early 1900s who had set up healing rooms in a couple places in the United States. And this statement is transcribed from a sermon given by his daughter, uh, Gertrude Wright. Children make a cry in their travail that adults do not make. When you hear the children travail, know that Jesus has one foot in the door. Uh, this is by Sean Boltz, and he's uh, a prophet right now. Uh, and he actually has a really cool curriculum for teaching children uh, to hear God on a daily basis. Children have the same access to Holy Spirit that we do. Even though they may not have the same level of maturity or character, the Holy Spirit is mature, and God can move as freely in them as he can in his most proven vessels. If they choose to walk with God, they can have the same anointing of the mind of Christ that is available to us in 1 Corinthians 2. I saw young people stepping into an eternal timing where they would learn in moments the lessons that took us years. They do not have to be taught through the pain of life experiences if they learn it by spiritual experience. I heard the Lord say that if we release the children as disciples, it will begin to escalate the harvester anointing upon our ministries. There is going to be great favor given to those who would liberate the children and the youth to do exploits of God. Uh, there is going to be a special burden on spiritual Josephs to finance ministries that aren't just a training ground for children and youth, but are a tactical release of real ministry to the Lord. Children's equipping centers and youth intern programs are going to spiritually prosper when they become spiritual boot camps that lead their disciples into real trenches. The Holy Spirit is going to move the hearts of the financiers to build that which heaven is burdened with. God wants to fascinate young people with miracles and evangelism, not entertaining programs. I was shown that when young people begin to see this movie of evangelism spread, not only will children be saved, but their parents will come running to the Lord as well. God is going to use the hearts of the children to win their parents to Jesus. And there's that scripture in the Bible where it talks, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. I think that's part of that. He has a great strategy to convict parents through their children when the parents be able to deny the Lord. If you have children or are responsible for leading them, I would encourage you to pray over them a prayer of liberation. Impart to them the purpose of kingdom 
of the kingdom for their lives now. Then we will have a generational anointing. And I want to finish up with the, or the prophecy portion here of, uh, with Rick Ridings. And this is, it says, this is just one portion of a larger prophecy. And you can find that on, online if you Google Rick Ridings. Some who will receive this prophetic word are called to another of his end-time purposes, the Youth and Children's Army for Revival. Don't copy old wineskins of youth and children's ministries. The new model will weave together worship, intercession, and evangelism in a depth and intensity that will astound many, but which will bring in the great harvest. As his spirit is poured out on this generation, he will do a quick and intense work. Don't interfere with his pressure cooker as he allows them to go through breaking and sanctifying processes that are more intense and a younger ex- uh, age than what you experienced. So I want to read a, a testimony, or, or I will in a second, of, of what that can look like when you liberate children to do the work of God, when you don't tell them it's for when they're older and tell them that they're the church of tomorrow. Uh, I want to read Psalm 8, verse 2, because some of these scriptures are, are key in remembering these. Psalm 8, 2 says, You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. Now, that's the, out of the mouths of babes nursing infants. That's often where we get that. But... We don't read the rest of the verse. It says, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength. Silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. Matthew 21, 14 to 16. The children, uh, well actually it starts at 15, but... The leading priests and teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, Do you hear what these children are saying? Praise God for the Son of David. Yes, Jesus replied, Haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, You have taught children and infants to give you praise. I like that he uh, told Pharisees who spent their whole lives reading the scripture, haven't you read the scripture? Matthew 11.25 says, At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Uh, different versions. In my version says childlike, but I believe he has really revealed it to children as well. So there is this incredible testimony. I uh, read this at well, I was at uh, children's camp. I read it to the kids there, and uh, I was just amazed and so blessed by reading what could happen and the possibilities like I said, of when we liberate children to do the work of God. So this has happened in 
Bangoma, Kenya. Uh, testimony from Jennifer Toledo, Nee Miller. When I first arrived in Bangoma, Kenya, I was devastated by the lack of value for children in the community and even in the church. In fact, as I would go and minister in different churches, I found that nearly all of the children had never been told that they could get saved. They all thought they had to wait until they were grown up. What started with just a few children sitting in the dirt, or sitting in the dirt with a few street kids who are hungry for truth, has grown into a whole movement of children who now consider themselves to be full-time ministers of the gospel. I spent five months mentoring a small group of children, which are, most of which were orphans and street children. God gave me a very clear mandate that I was to teach these children the undiluted gospel. I wasn't even sure if I myself even knew an undiluted gospel, but I so longed for them to know Jesus as he really is, so longed for them to know Jesus as he really is. We began the adventure together, and I learned just as much as they did. I had such a strong fear of God over the issue, and I knew that I had to protect these children from any religious junk that can so easily mix into the truth. I began by teaching about the great plan of God on the earth, then how we've fallen away from that and what it really means to be born again. After the children began to understand this and desire more than anything to die to their old self and fully live for Jesus, we began to talk about how they are a new creation and that the Holy Spirit is alive inside of them. All of the children were filled with the Holy Spirit and instantly their hearts began to be transformed. We talked about how to live in relationship with God. We oftentimes would just spend hours worshiping God, praying and learning to hear his voice. The kids began to memorize the word of God and learn to apply it in their everyday life. Soon they began to understand that they are ambassadors for Christ and that they are called to take his kingdom wherever they go. So we learned about how to minister to others, how to hear God's voice for someone else, and that we're called to heal the sick and do the work of the, of the kingdom. The kids began to demonstrate a true understanding of how big God is inside of them. And I knew that what God had started in them could not be stopped. Our small group quickly grew from three children to 10 to 20 to 50. As these children began to be released to minister, it caught the attention of many people in the community. No longer could children be viewed uh, void as of spiritual capacity. A few months later, the whole community came together to train 600 children from all different churches. Children from all different denominations were trained together in an undiluted gospel of Jesus Christ. Leaders from all the churches were also trained how to strategically mentor and nurture the gifting of God within each child. After one week, the one-week intensive training ended, the children, the children ran a citywide crusade. Thousands gathered as all of the ministry was led entirely by children. The children preached, they led worship, cast out demons, healed the sick, and led many, many people to the Lord. 
Every day before the afternoon crusades would start, about 2,000 children would head to the streets for a march for Jesus. They all marched and worshipped and claimed their city for Christ. Businesses everywhere had to stop as the children danced through the city streets. Every morning, teams of children were sent to different locations to minister throughout the city. They ministered in the prisons. in the marketplace, on the streets, to city officials, and in the hospitals. Miracles and salvations were like second nature, and the children never doubted that they would follow. Believed it. When the children first got into the hospitals, many children had an open vision, had open visions all at the same time of a demonic-looking animal lying on one of the beds. They instantly began to pray, and one of the young girls discerned that it was a spirit of death that was a stronghold over the place. All of the children began to take authority over the spirit of death and release a spirit of life. They began to worship and just exalt Jesus. The children had meditated on Psalm 8, verse 2, that you have taught the children to tell of your strength to silence the enemy. So they understood that their praise was a powerful weapon against the enemy. As they began to worship God, this demonic animal instantly turned into a woman and ran out of the building. The children who were all seeing this vision were so shocked, they all ran out of the room to see where it went and realized it just disappeared outside the door. They had never experienced anything like this, but knew that God was making a way for them. After that, all of the children began to minister to the patients in every ward, in every hospital in town. So many people miraculously got healed that all of the doctors and nurses had to get saved. In fact, we had so many documented AIDS patients, malaria, typhoid, tuberculosis patients, and others that they just got up and went home. The children were so excited by all of the miracles that they decided to come every day during their lunch breaks and pray for more patients. So every day, the children would fast during their lunch hour and walk over to the hospital to pray for more patients. Miracles continued to happen every day. In fact, so many miracles took place that the largest private hospital in town had to close down because they could no longer stay in business. In a different hospital, since the children took authority over the spirit of death, there has not been one single death in that hospital in over a year. The children were meeting daily in different homes all through the city, praying for the kingdom of God to come. The children all over the city had called a three-month fast to pray for Jesus to change their city. For over three years, there had been terrible disunity within the believers in the city. The city had two competing pastors' fellowships, and the two fellowships had court cases against each other that had gone all the way to the high court of Kenya. As the children began to fast and cry out to God for reconciliation and healing, Many of the pastors were deeply moved and convicted. Not long after the fast ended, pastors from both fellowships came together to publicly repent and wash each other's feet. 
The believers are now joining together in amazing unity and working very closely with the children. In fact, as a prophetic statement, all of the denominational leaders of the region joined together to pass the keys of the city to the children. And keys are another authority. They repented for not including them and valuing them, and they placed their hands upon them as fathers and blessed them. The city is continuing to see major transformation as the children are now stepping into their place in the body of Christ. Teams of children and leaders from Bangoma are now training other communities how to come into the same freedom. Isn't that just incredible what God is doing in them? And it, it's not limited to that, uh, to just Kenya or Africa. We can see that here, and I know, I believe we are going to. Um, even John Wesley had a powerful ministry to the children, another revivalist from days gone by. And he would go into the, the schools and minister and preach to the children. And as he would preach and, t- and teach them, these children would be broken They'd be weeping and crying and calling out to God, even then. And he said, it's a pity that more pastors and more religious leaders would not go and teach the children because they can receive just as well as we can. Um, There was once I had a dream. Uh, It took place at veteran camp. This was years ago. And uh, in this dream, it was all dark, and the adults were inside uh, the the tabernacle at this camp, and they were having their service. But what was happening outside was the children were at war with the enemy, and they were not equipped. They did not have armor, and they did not have any weapons, but they were fighting while the adults were in. And that dream impacted me to go out and to equip children. They need to be equipped because whether you want to protect them from it or not or think they should protect it, they are at war with us. They are believers. Uh, Psalm 78, 4, 6, and 7. It says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own generation. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying, all his, obeying his commands. And I want to just say that with children, it looks different. Um, <laughs> one year at camp, we told the, the kids, uh, we were explaining to the boys in particular, that there was no such thing as worship wrestling. It's like, sorry guys, that just doesn't work, okay? Two years later, we found out you could combine prophecy and wrestling. <laughs> as Marianne Baldwin had found out, she went out to... Uh, to mentor uh, one of the boy older cabins of the boys and, uh, and ask, they were prophesying and ministering over each other. 
and a couple of the boys were on the ground wrestling and carrying on and she said come on we're ministering to this guy okay and one boy would just jump up and he'd give this profound word that would leave that left Marianne and the older boy or the the counselors going wow and then he just often went back to wrestling on the ground then call him up time to minister again okay I see you're gonna go to the nations I see you're gonna do this and God's with you and back to wrestling (laughs) it's unconventional but you know what God meets us where we're at when you have encounters with God, you know he meets, he's meeting you where you're at, right? And he meets children where they're at. Um, Benjamin one time told me that he was arm wrestling with Jesus. And I got a little skeptical. And he said, and Jesus, I twisted Jesus' arm, he says. And he said, ow. I'm going, well, that doesn't sound like Jesus. <laughs> And I felt this warning in my spirit saying, don't be skeptical. So I said, okay. Then what happened, Ben? Well, Jesus told me how strong I was, and then he said, good job, Ben. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like Jesus. But when we are playing with children, don't we do the same thing? Well, God is so much higher. God is so much greater and so much more knowledgeable. Why would he not do the same thing? and meet them where they're at as children. Um, another thing we saw at camp is a young girl saw a demon trying to enter the building last year. And one of the counselors came to my sister, Amanda, and she said, so one of the girls saw a demon. Amanda says, oh, would you like help with that? And the counselor says, yes, please. Amanda came over and asked the girl, so I heard you saw something interesting. Oh, yeah, there was a demon trying to get in through the door. I just told it to leave, and it did. Just, but very matter-of-fact, just, it did. (laughs) Things of the Spirit are so normal to them. Um, I remember my mom, I haven't read this myself, but mom was talking about uh, another uh, place where there's a huge children's ministry, and again, they're taking children seriously in the things of the Spirit. And this little girl was three or four, and she was drawing, I can't remember if it was squiggles or circles or some circles, and some were bigger, some were smaller, and one of the workers comes over, what you doing there? Oh, these are earthquakes. Oh, okay. And where are these earthquakes? In Mexico. Oh. And I can't remember what she said, but somehow it came to the point, well, should we pray for the people in Mexico? Yep. God, help the people in Mexico. That's it. That's all she said. Well, guess what? I think, was it a few weeks later that those earthquakes or a week? It was a week later that there was those earthquakes in Mexico, and it was prophesied by a three-year-old. And don't tell me that the prayer that little one didn't make a difference, that it, those prayers didn't resonate in the spirit and save hundreds, if not thousands, from a three-year-old. So I'm not saying that children are the answer or that they are the only ones. There's two sides to every road. And what I'm saying is we don't want to put them up on a pedestal but we don't want to leave them behind either, thinking that they're too young, too immature, they can't handle the things of the Spirit. We want to protect them from this and that. No. 
bring them right alongside because if we don't, we're going to miss out on something really great. And be prepared. It could be weird. It could not make sense. But don't be skeptical about what God is doing in them and through them. And you may not, not everybody is called to children's ministry or passionate about it as I am. But one thing that we are all called to do is love and extend grace. And just to love the children. And love is accepting them for who they are, where they're at, and giving them the room to grow in that, in their spiritual giftings. And to help teach them along. You know, if a child comes up when there's an altar call and wants to pray, go for it. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, somebody just said, the Holy Spirit moves. You don't know what he's going to do. But there's some profound things that can happen. My husband had uh, some back pain a few months ago. And he'd been wrestling with it off and on. And I remember he came up Sunday, one Sunday morning. My mom Cheryl prayed for him and got it down fairly low, but it just kind of stalled out. And I later prayed for him. And later in the week, we were talking to Benjamin, and he was asking about power, and, and it was about Moses. I said, well, it was God who gave him that power, and he gave you that power. And you could see a little light bulb kind of click a little bit. And I thought of something, it was Holy Spirit, that was bringing this to mind. I said, would you like to demonstrate that power and pray for Daddy? His back has been hurting. So he prayed, and very prophetically, a prophetic move, I kick out, kick out, he says. <laughs> kick out the pain. And uh, then they had to go to bed. Well, Albert comes back into the living room after tucking the boys in. He's got an ice pack on his back. I said, is the pain back? Are, are you okay? He says, there's no pain, but my back is just really hot, he says. <laughs> that was Holy Spirit at work. But you know what, Albert, that pain hasn't come back, has it? He hasn't experienced it in months now. It has not come back. Anyhow, so uh, you just never know what he's going to do. You know, as God moves, as we get together and pray, and that was some of the, in the prophecies, they were saying to get together, to pray and liberate the children. We're going to see all kinds come in. We're going to see the unchurched. We're going to see the unparented. And you know what? They probably will disrupt the service. But you know what? They need to be here more than we do. They need to hear, and they need to experience the love of God. And if us as Christians represent him, then they need to see that we are representing God's love, not judgment. And, you know, to keep bringing those parents in, you know, so you don't have to go and entertain those children. But you know what? Extend a little grace to the parents. Just go up to them and say, it's okay. We know you're trying. We love you. We'll pray for you. Keep bringing your children. It's okay. There's grace. There's room to grow here. You know? That's all you got to do. It's not hard. But people, but the parents need to hear that. You know? And the children need to hear that, too. It's okay to be a child. You know what? And God will work on them. God is going to work in the hearts of the parents. And he's going to work in the hearts of the children. But there's got to be that freedom there. Um, I'd love to hear uh, 
a little bit of testimony from the kids, what God is doing, if you guys don't mind sharing a little bit. Because, Caleb, I believe you are leading the prayer at the school right now, right? So, um, I think three years ago, uh, we got a Christian principal at our school. So, Marianne emailed him and asked him if we could do a prayer walk. And so we did that. And then after the prayer walk, we continued doing um, prayer, just prayer group on Wednesdays at lunch. And so Marion graduated last, or two years ago. So I've run it the past two years. Um, so yeah, we're praying in a non-Christian school. That's really cool. And um, I sometimes notice when we don't pray for a week and then there's a sports uh, tournament or something after that week there's more injuries but yeah <laughs> um, so what we do is just it's usually a pretty small group we just ask for any prayer suggestions from anyone in the group anything we can think of that's going on or anything that's wrong and we pray about it um, and then if anything's wrong with people um, like injuries or something then we'll just pray for healing um, but we're bringing God into the school and that's really neat Oh, Chrissy, she's got to hand off a baby. <laughs> um, I have a friend at school, and she has had Christian influences, and I think she is a Christian, but she doesn't always live that way. And um, so this last summer, we took her to camp with us, and she loved it, and she's wants to come back again next year, but just recently she asked if we could start a Bible study with her so that she can continue to have that sort of thing during the year. So we just started that last week. Isn't it amazing what God is doing in, in the young people? I, I keep saying children, and really, Caleb and Chrissy, you guys are, are young people. Um, does anybody else, any other children or people want to share what God's doing in kids? grandchildren anything anybody have anything Yeah, I remember that dream, and they found out it was a little. One was a basket that the children were in, hiding in, and one was a wall that they were hiding behind. But I'm feeling like that basket is being dissolved. That wall is coming down. 
And uh, I think this morning, if we could, I would actually really like to pray for the young people. Um, I know I myself have not been praying as fervently as I should for the young people and what they're doing, especially in the school as they're leading that, bringing Christ into a non-Christian place where they don't want even the Lord's Prayer or the old version of O Canada, God keep our land. They don't want that spoken or said, Christ into these places. And uh, we need to be lifting them up in prayer, I think. Is that, can we do that? Yeah, the children and young people. I, it's all, you know, growing them in there. Um, you guys like to come up, all the kids, little and and young people, and uh, I we want to. I want to bless you guys and open it up for whoever else wants to sp- speak into their lives. I know we do this. We've done this before, but I think it needs to be. It, it could be a periodical thing, you know. Just keep going. I remember. Uh, there's a lot of prayer spoken over me as, as a young person and kid, and I remember coming when we came up and you guys would come and pray for us, that really spoke to me. And I know that the effects of those prayers are going on to this day. So you guys, do you guys want to come up, kids? Thank you, Father, for this gift of life that you have given us and that you're bringing into this church and the new thing and the, and the anointing that you're pouring out onto these little ones, even the, the newborn babes like Remy and Evelyn. And God, uh, we just uh, we want to stand and, and say we liberate these young people in the giftings and calls that God has given you I speak increase into your lives, an increase of, the, of God, an increase in encounters with him. I speak deeper revelation of who you are in God, a deeper revelation of your identity. And as a parent, I say that I know you guys were sons and daughters of God because before you were our sons and daughters, that you are sons and daughters of God before you are our sons and daughters. And uh, I will be praying for you more to support you in that, that God would continue to guide your every step, that he will make straight your paths. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You know, we say that we're a family, and um, your first relationship is to God, if you want to look at a flow chart, because we all stand before the Lord, 
And that's our first relationship. But you know, the second thing is family. Then comes ministry and all those other things beyond it. But if we're family, then these children are part of our family. And the importance of supporting these children in prayer, in encouragement, in uh, mentoring, being an example to them, and supporting them in whatever way the Lord, the Holy Spirit moves us to do. And so, Father, we recognize the um, duty, the relationship we have with all the youth and the children in this body, that they are a part of our family. And Lord, I ask that you would remind us by your spirit, O oh God, to continually pray for these ones, to lift them up, to encourage them, to give them a hug, to protect them, to give them uh, godly wisdom and counsel, and to use us in whatever way, Lord, that we would with our own children, even as you do with us, because we're all your children, Lord. And there is no limit, there's no age barrier in the spirit. And so, Father, help us to be those ones that take care of our family and our children, Lord, that you would be pleased that they would be brought into the fullness of what you have for them in your kingdom and your relationship with them as it grows, Lord. And, Father, I know that as we do that, Lord, you will develop relationship between yourself and us even as we develop relationship between ourselves and them, that your will be done, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for the, the precious, precious um, uh, children and youth that you've uh, allowed us to enjoy and to be part of in this assembly. Help us to never forget and to keep our eyes focused on that. And Lord, uh, if one of the children is screaming during service, like Chelsea said, Lord, not to be angered, but our thoughts should be, Lord, send that one an angel. Comfort them, minister to them right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to share something. Um, I'm so profoundly honored to be surrounded by these young people. Just to watch them to see them grow in God, to watch the adults embrace them. Since just after I've been in this church, I know that I know that the power of God is on the youth and the young people of this church. When we have had times of prayer and intercession for them and blessing them, I remember standing here and saying, you watch because these are people that we will reckon with. Their simplicity. I remember a time that Jack prayed, I think it was for Diane. He was very simple. He prayed, and she was healed. I mean, that was just one, one that stands out in my head. But what I want to do say is, is that my generation, when we were raising our children, we lost the Gen Xers. Because in our pursuit for the Lord, we forgot to include our children. Now those Gen Xers are fighting to find their place in God. Let's not let it happen with this youth and these young people. Let them grow. Let them touch. Let them prophesy. Because they are a force this world is going to 
deal with. Amen. Anybody else would like to say something? So this is a, a little anecdote from my youth. I uh, read about it in a uh, uh, Christian magazine in the uh, 60s and early 70s. They had the Jesus movement, and uh, it just uh, swept through uh, colleges. Young people were uh, touched. Well, a uh, very staid conservative church beside the university uh, had a uh, young fellow come in, and he had obviously just been very recently saved. He didn't know all the rules and regulations and style. He came in with long hair, barefoot, uh, beat up clothes, torn blue jeans, but you could just see that he was in love with the Lord. So he went slowly to the front looking for somewhere to sit down. It was really, really full. So finally, he just went to the front in front of the front uh, pew and squatted on the floor and sat down listening to the service. So uh, a few seconds later, when he uh, elders got up and walked to the front. Everyone's holding their breath. What's he going to say? Well, the elder just squats down beside him and joins him for the rest of the service. I just thought that was such a, a welcoming uh, thing to do. It just touched me seeing that. that uh, so that's a story from my youth. Amen. Thank you, Frank. Anybody else? Father, we just thank you for the for the young people in the church in the in school. We thank you for Caleb and Chrissy, and um, is that too loud? <laughs> and April, and uh, Father, we ask that and Johnny, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen them, that they would uh, that they would continue to be ambassadors for you, that you would give them increased boldness, Father, and uh, and we thank you for the results they've seen, and uh, we thank you for the work you're doing. In, uh, in the school through them. And Father, thank you for the, for the new moms here and uh, the new families. Thank you for Al and Loreen and, and Remy. Lord, just give them wisdom in, uh, in raising up Remy. And Father, we just ask that you would continue to speak to Remy's heart even now. Father, that she would not lose that connection that, that you've established with her in the womb, but that she would grow in knowledge and understanding of you. Father, thank you for the purpose you have for Remy. And we ask that you would release her to be the woman of God you've created her to be. We ask that you would release Evelyn Joy to be the, the woman of God you've created her to be. That she also would grow in relationship with you in understanding. And that she, that these young, and, um, and Daryl Lynn also. Father, may these young ladies be as pillars sculptured in palace style. Full of truth and, and wisdom and, um, and strength in you, Father. And may the, may the young men here, Alex and Benjamin and Christopher, be, uh, be as, as, uh, as plants grown up in their youth, Father. May they mature early and, and walk in their authority and in their, in understanding and relationship with you. Father, thank you for the work you're doing in this body of believers and in this community. Father, thank you for the plans you have that are greater than any of the plans that we can even conceive right now. And we thank you, Father, that you are going to fulfill it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your timing in this. Amen.
If anybody has a prayer request, if you have pain anywhere, uh, come up and the children can pray for you. I know Benjamin in particular really wants to heal people. Anybody else want to come and get prayer? Even any issue that you have in your life that you just are wanting a touch from God. Al and I have a house that we have for sale, so could you pray for us to sell our house? Is that it? Anybody else? Is that it? Anybody else? No? sale on here. Anybody else? Come on up. Who wants to play, pray for, who wants to play with Frank? Who wants to pray? Who wants to pray? Right now, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Is there somebody else here? Who wants to pray for this 
Who wants to pray for this lady over here? Yeah. I make her your arm better and how we go away yeah I think we need to get peppermint flavored who wants to pray next who would like to pray one of the children oh you're gonna pray um Spirit that's poking Remy and um, causing little things that are going wrong, um, leave. Go away. Don't touch her. Yeah, and all the um, the effects of those touches um, go away now, and everything go back to normal. And I declare that Remy's completely healed of her little hernia, and. Um, Amen. Amen. Did you feel that anointing? Did you feel that anointing? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Your 48 minutes are up, Chelsea. Chelsea, what a wonderful message. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate that. You know, in that scripture that she was talking about where the children were going to Jesus, that very first one, if you look in the Amplified, it says babies. It doesn't say children, it says babies. Even the babies were brought to the Lord. So I believe the Lord is speaking to us today that he wants us to look at this time to grab a hold of this, well, we've done this before, but we need to be mindful and reminded that this is the family of God and these are the children of God and he's entrusted their care to us and we're to help nurture them and be the parents and stuff. I just want to close with um, just give them a quick update. I talked to Pastor Stephen this past week uh, just so that you're aware. <laughs> Uh, he said they're scheduled to leave Nova Scotia between the 14th and the 17th of March. And uh, the news media is calling for a storm coming in the 14th and the 15th of March. Not what they need to hear. So could we continue to lift them up in your prayers? I know that we've been praying for them as a church, uh, for their travels across country. Uh, Stephen tells me they're hopeful that... Uh, all things being equal, that they will be here for the 27th or the 28th of March. That's either a Monday or Tuesday. And uh, so what we could do, too, is if you keep that date in your uh, calendar or in your mind, um, if possible, uh, he says their furniture uh, 
they were told by the moving company that their furniture would be here no later than the 31st of March. So uh, they're hopeful it'll be here a couple of days before. So if it is, or even if it's the 31st or whatever, uh, just keep that kind of week free or in your mind. If you're able to help out, we'll help them move in once we have, uh, once we have a confirmation. He's going to keep in contact on the way across, so we'll let you know. Also, Susan, did you have something to bring here about? you want to just come up here and just take another minute and uh, do that? Uh, thank everybody who uh, has um, so generously entered into the blessing for the new pastor's family. Um, this week, the Lord reminded me, and I was going to share, but then, you know, um, Psalm 133, that it's basically, I'll paraphrase it, that um, it says it's so pleasant when um, brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It's like the oil Right, and that commands the blessing of God. So, you know, like that is in there, but he reminded me this week that in doing this, he wants to bless us as well because he commands his blessing. And I, I see that very clearly in your thing. But, okay, anyway, so my hope was by the 15th that we would have whoever took um, tags that the stuff would be brought in. But because of the time... I think, you know, we can extend that to next Sunday. So if anybody wants to still take a tag or tags, um, they will be um, here um, until we leave the church here today. So come and let me know. And if you have any questions about it, I'm willing to answer. Uh, and the only other thing is this is going to be made into um, a card I would like everybody to sign it. You don't have to put anything profound on there if you just want to put a signature. So they're going to be left there. They'll be there next Sunday because at this point, I don't think they're going to be here by next Sunday. And the only other thing is, based on how it goes, um, our hope was to have the table and if they need these items before the first Sunday that they're here, we might not be able to present them on the Sunday morning, but hopefully if, if um, everything goes as planned, somebody will take a little video and we might be able to, with permission, show it on Sunday. So, but, so thank you very much, everybody, for doing that. It's, um, it's a real blessing. Are you not going to be here on the 2nd of April? You're working? Okay, great. Well, we'll help. You'll be coordinating that. You've been spearheading this. Just two things. Uh, just ask Carol if she would uh, feel comfortable so we can collectively pray uh, for the... Uh, Natalie brought forward about that young man and that uh, there's continued healing required in his body. And uh, we saw some great miracles happen already. And God's not finished, so we're going to pray and believe with her. So thank you, God, for the healing that Matthew has seen. And we just declare more in his body. Um, just complete healing from the cancer that would just, um, just all cancer cells go in the name of Jesus. And um, spirit of addiction, I just command you to go off Matthew. I just um, declare an encounter with his father. 
and a love at acceptance and his needs um, it is met in an encounter with the Father. Hallelujah. I don't know if he lives locally here, but if he, no, he doesn't, that, that's, and I was going to say, because Thursday would be a good time. And uh, as I asked everybody to continue to pray for Pastor Stephen and his family in transition coming across, uh, Lincoln feels strongly that we should pray for uh, good weather. Come on, come on, brother. Father, we just thank you for supplying all of Pastor Steve and Christiane's needs, their family's need. Father, uh, we just declare good weather for, um, for the moving, for the packing up and the, and the moving vans as they come across the country. Lord, we even ask that you would get that uh, moving van here before they arrive here or before they're ready to, take, uh, to get into their home. And, uh, Father, we ask for, for good weather and level paths as they travel across Canada, that every stop that they would be blessed and uh, that they would have uh, divine encounters uh, along the way. And, uh, and, Father, we ask for your covering of protection over their furniture and over their personal bodies and their personal possessions. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, uh, that's it. God bless you. Lord, bless this people. Keep them under your hand and in your heart and protect them from this forthcoming week, Lord, and pour your blessings upon them, Jesus. Amen. We're dismissed. <laughs>